And they are on guard. They are. So. All right. Did I need to do anything else, Ken or Noah? No? You did a good job, you guys. Thank you. Oh, man, I can't talk. I, this stirs me so much to talk like this. I just... It's a mixture, isn't it? It's a mixture of... Um, it's a mixture of, of uh, you know our hopes at home and uh, our cherished values and the things that we're proud of and uh, and maybe even some of the compromise of that and all these mixed emotions about our own families and people that we know that are in the service and, and conflicts and things that haven't gone so right for no good reason. And uh, it's just... Uh, Real mixture, just even, I mean, I, I tell you, the uh, Memorial Day and Veterans Day, we get stranger and stranger every year in the sense of just how we can feel it in the crowd. We can feel it in our heart. We can feel feel the, the weight of it, you know, of, of, of things uh, like never before, not in, certainly not in, in all my history with these things in, in church. And I also want to applaud you. Thank you for your reaction to everyone. I think you honored well today. Thank you for that. I just really appreciate it. I, I love our congregation. I just, I just, uh, we don't even have to say a word, and we know where most of all, all of us are in our heart toward these very important things, government issues, uh, uh, military issues, all of them, right? So I'm going to have to really abbreviate, and I don't do that very well. So um, I'm just trying to figure, I think I can get through this fairly fast because of the subject matter, but... Um, Lord, just help me so I don't go too far, uh, too too long. Just help me just uh, keep this under an hour and a half, please. <laughs> All right, well, let's just start with Jeremiah chapter 33. <clears throat> Some of you are laughing, but you were laughing a little uncomfortably. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of uh, of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says, he, he who made the earth, the Lord who formed and established it, the Lord is his name, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. What a scripture. Wow, you can do that anytime. Call them and he'll show you great and unsearchable things. It's in the Bible and somebody prayed it, especially a prophet, you can pray it, right? Wow. So, Lord, we pray for great and unsearchable things we don't know about our lives and about direction for our lives and what we're supposed to do. For our businesses, things that we're uh, missing, uh, with knowledge and wisdom we need, uh, things that we know, need to know about our families, our households. Lord, I just declare that prayer to us today. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the houses in the city and the royal palaces of Judah that have been torn down to be used against the siege ramps and the sword in the fight with the Babylonians. So they're at war. And Jeremiah is now confined. Uh, he's deemed a traitor because he prophesied of what was going to happen. He told why the enemy was coming, and he told when they were coming, right? And uh, so they deemed him a traitor uh, because he warned the nation. He told them, if you don't do this and this, this thing's bigger than you. It's bigger than armed forces. Even today, it's the same, isn't it? This is bigger than the military. This is bigger. It's political decisions and heart decisions sinful decisions, things that have been made by leaders, things that have been followed by people. It's that that's causing the military conflict that we have right now. 
They will be filled with dead bodies of the people. I will slay in my anger and wrath. I will hide my face from this city because of all its wicked. That was not exactly the most nationalistic popular vision there, was it? But there was a spiritual root that was causing the problem, right? Almost all wars are like that anyway, right? Spiritual roots. So then we have to figure out what the root is and then how we connect and governments have to figure that out. They weren't doing very well. They had been a part of the problem. They had been part of the issue of why the Babylonians were knocking on the door. God forbid that ever happened to our nation. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. So then he switches gears and he makes a promise. I will heal my people will not let them enjoy a, and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. So what he does, he begins to turn. He says, okay, this is the reality now, but here's the good news. And the Bible often does that. So I like to stay with the good news. How about you guys, right? I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity. So he's prophesying 70 years ahead from the time that they, he, even, he even said it would be 70 years. I will cleanse them from all the sin they've committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. I think at this time, as you read through these passages, I'm just really mindful. It's so important we understand that sin has consequences, not just of our leaders, but of all of us, the sin, the behavior. It has consequences in the heavens, and it has not only political con consequences, but it has military consequences. And so that doesn't change. It's still true today as it was. God's continually judging nations, lifting up leaders here, lifting up there. He's the one, right? So then as the church, we have an incredible responsibility and real ability to change things because we're walking with Him, right? Praying, and our prayers make a difference. And, and so we're asking God, change this, change that. We are the leaven. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. So in this conflict we're seeing, the leaven went bad. The salt went bad. They no longer were doing their job on the ground level, right? And so it came to military conflict. Then this, But God's even saying it's going to happen, and then he's saying through these verses, look higher. I want you to expect more because even though that's going to happen, I want you to know I have a solution for this. And further down the line, there's going to be some people reading this, and which they were. And by the way, one of the guys that was reading this, and he did it for 70 long years because this was prophesied. Jeremiah's right in the middle of it. And it was prophesied that this was going to happen. They would be exiled. And there was one man. There was one man, he was a youth at the time, and he was he brought into the highest government circles, and he interceded for 70 solid years. He interceded before it happened, and all the way during, that Israel would actually be able to return to the state that he's talking about right now. And do you remember, does anybody know who that was? Anybody remember? Daniel the prophet. So he heard these, these prophecies as a youth, and he believed them, and he held on to them even though he got elevated to the highest levels of authority in the kingdom that invaded them. And he prayed, and he would open the window every day and pray and cry out to God for the return to Jerusalem, and he even risked his life to do it. Unscrupulous people knew he had this habit of opening the windows and praying, and they had devised this scheme whereby he couldn't pray anymore. But he understood prayer was so important that he risked his life, and then they uh, captured him and threw him in the lion's den, but nobody, nothing hurt him. Right? It was amazing. But every day he prayed for one thing. He prayed for his nation. He prayed for his people. He prayed they'd be returned. And God answered his prayer 70 years later. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it, what he was doing. Everybody knew about the time frame at the time. And then it came to pass. He said, then this city, God's talking about this future time, 
will bring me renown, joy, and praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. So he's saying some bad things are going to happen, but there's some good things that are going to happen. And this is what's going to happen. And they will all, they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. So even in advance, even when things aren't good in your country, just pray this for it. Abundant peace. Grace, grace, grace. God prophesy over our country like this. Do this for our city, just like Daniel did. Our prayers make a difference. Our awareness of the situation makes a difference. Our awareness of our rebellion makes a difference. And our awareness of God's solution for that rebellion. And also God's merciful response. Because if God's doing anything, He's always mercifully responding to the church. The government needs the church so badly they can't imagine they need the prayers of the saints. We are the salt and the light. If you pull us out, then you get an invasion, you get a war, you get disaster, right? But he's saying, well, too late. Disaster is going to happen. They threw the main messengers trying to help them to avert disaster in jail, right? This is what the Lord says you say, you say about this place. It is a desolate waste without people or animals. Yet in the towns of Jerusalem, in the streets of towns of sorry Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people or animals, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, "Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, for His love endure forever, endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before," declares the Lord. So you got the guy in jail, there's an imminent invasion, and the Lord's already prophesying about what's going to happen. And so when that prophecy, these words go out from the Scripture or from words that God gives us, then our duty is to continue to intercede and pray and declare that, right? So while in prison, God invited Jeremiah to the great unsearchable things he had for him and the nation of Israel. This is the picture of the de destiny and privilege of believers. This is what the Lord says. He who made the Lord who formed and established the Lord his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So that's our heritage. We get to call out and ask the Lord to show us great and mighty things and to do great and mighty things. And this was the privilege that Jeremiah had, even though he's a captive, even they're being mistreated. He's this intercessor standing in the gap for the nation, blunting its force. And then Daniel took his word and carried it for another 70 years in the future. And this is who we are in times of trouble. And all along, God's will for us is just simply John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But my will, my desire, my design, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. That's my design. So... The call of Jeremiah 33.3, as we just read, is God's invitation to every believer to pray for great and unsearchable things. Sounds of joy and gladness are a promise for your life today, despite contrary circumstances. This is something I can't say enough. I just have watched so many people and watched my own life. Sometimes when you get down, and we just throw away the prayer, we throw away everything, we throw away the, the, the lifeboat, and we just sort of coast along hoping we find some desert island somewhere of provision. But you don't have to do that. It's more s distinct than that. At the time when bad circumstances come, especially in our nation or in your life or your family, it's so important that you stand up at that time and remind yourself that you are a part of the answer, you are a part of the solution. We need to look higher and expect more. You need to look higher and expect more. 
The Lord is an expert at restoring our happiness and fortunes, even in the most difficult circumstances. And we just read that from Jeremiah 33, 10 to 11. What His will was, which was being rebuked or was being resisted, what His will was, His true heart was, the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and the bridegroom, the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, His love endures forever. His heart was, I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. I declare, Lord, the fortunes of our land to be restored. I declare the fortunes to be restored. And not only do I ask, Lord, that you would restore them, but I pray they would be better than even before this recent conflict and attack of the last several years that had been so uh, designed to unravel everything godly and holy. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would restore our fortunes, you restore our spiritual compass, you would restore our inner life, and that we would experience the abundance that you have for your people. And I'm going to say, because of your people, we are the light of the world, the leaven of the world. We're not just an entity. When light comes to darkness, it blows it away. When leaven uh, comes, you know, we, we have this way of leavening in the proper way, not the bad leaven, but the good way. What we sow, we reap. We have this ability to change our environment. That's what we are. We are environment changers. That's why the world has a hard time with us when they're going wickedly and we won't go that way. When we resist, we fight, we pray. They have a hard time with it. They can't cope with it. They don't like it. They don't even know why they don't like it, but the demons of hell that are controlling them know full well why, because there's a leaven, there is there is light in the land that's pushing out the darkness. And they hate us before it, right? But we as God's people, even the dark teams need times need to look higher and expect more. Always. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Do not let your emotions, your thought life, everything go into the wrong category. Even when you're disappointed and discouraged and disillusioned about how things have delayed. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. When Jesus came, He released great and unsearchable revelations to His church about their authority in the world. We stand as priests, kings, and prophets to the nations, according to 1 Peter 2.9. We're the ones that pray every day, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not like, Lord, if you could just spare some time, would you let your will be expressed somewhere? It's a command. Lord, your kingdom, your will, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not just a mantra. It's not a poem. It's a declaration of war. Your kingdom, your authority be on earth as it is in heaven. I think war is very, very important for us to understand. Kingdom is a governmental issue. Thy kingdom, your kingdom, whenever a kingdom came, it displaces another kingdom. We want your kingdom to come and displace. It goes beyond politics. It goes beyond, beyond just good ideas. It goes right to the source of all this conflict, right to the very demons of hell that are fueling false ideologies and, falling and giving lies and spreading them at a pace we've never seen before in the earth. Those people are lying, yes, but what's the below them inside is the key, the lying spirit that we're dealing with at a higher level. That's why we can have compassion on people at the same time. They don't know what they're doing. And many of them are doing it in the name of righteousness. They have no idea what spirit they're of, but we do. And with all of this prayer that we have, this revelation that we have, we have the ability to fight. And I just want to remind us our, of our ability to fight and where that is and how important it is at this hour that we learn to put, to put ourselves on the wall, so to speak, and fight. Listen to what Jesus says about our ability to pray, to seek, to ask. We get to ask, he says, with shameless audacity. So not only do we do it, but we do it shamelessly, audaciously. Look at Luke 11, 9 to 13. He gave... He says, 
just a few verses before, he talks about how we should be praying, praying all the time, right? He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, he's talking about a person that needs some food at midnight. Yeah, because of your shameless audacity. I cannot think of a better word than shameless audacity. But could I just warn you? Let me say, shameless audacity, but this is about prayer. He's talking about going a level beyond right? Politics beyond manipulation, control. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be political. I'm just saying that we also, if we have a favorite candidate, if we have a favorite thing that we think, our, our, our issue or whatever, then just make sure that you not only take it on the earth, because you can get really crusty with that one, by the way, but take it to heaven. That's where your shameless audacity. That's what, I tell you what, if you can be uh, uh, loyal, strong, um, who you should be, representing the values properly on earth, that's one thing, and you need to do that. But above it is supernatural forces that are at play that are way beyond this. So you need to be shamelessly audacious with God. I tell you, even though He will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, God's certainly our friend, but He's telling us, yet because of your shameless audacity, He will get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and the Greek tits is, Keep on asking, it'll be given to you. Keep on seeking, you'll knock. Keep, keep on, you'll find. Keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. The one who keeps on seeking finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? God's not going to give us a snake. The question is whether you're going to keep on asking. Shamelessly, audaciously, keep knocking, knocking, knocking on the throne room of heaven until God brings the answer, until God changes things. That's the thing. De degenerating into complaining and bitterness and anger and the, these emotions, if they get in the way of prayer, throw them away. If they help you to pray, add to it, right? Keep doing it, right? Or if he asks for an eye, we'll give him a scorpion. Or if he uh, asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So what we're asking when we pray, we're asking for more Holy Spirit. We're asking more of God in inserted into this situation. We keep on knocking, keep on asking, keep on seeking. He just released great and unsearchable revelation to his church about their authority in the world. That was one thing that he did. But remember, he did it in an invisible way. Even his disciples didn't understand. The rulers of the day didn't. They were always thinking politically, militarily, about the Romans. This is when the Romans are getting kicked out. But Jesus said, I'm bringing something a lot bigger than that. And its consummation will be the rise of the kingdom of God throughout the whole earth and all generations and all countries. And Jesus will be Lord of all of it. Oh, man. So that's the thing we've got to remember. It's in the background, and it's not uh, without effect. It directly leavens, it directly affects what goes on on earth. Look at Matthew chapter 18. These are wonderful verses. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth, have you bound it? Have you been binding lately? I hope so, and I hope you've been loosing too, right? Whatever you bind, you plural, you individually, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we just need enough critical mass of people that really believe this is possible about their walk with God, that their prayers make a difference, their prayers together make a difference. Again, truly, I tell you that if two on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It doesn't even take a whole lot of people agreeing. It just means that you need to agree. And the quality of that agreement needs to be intense. It needs to be, you know, there's agreed and there's agreed. You ever done that with your son or daughter, you know? Yeah, Dad, I'll do that. There's agreed. And then they're dead, you know? And then there's a green. They really do it, right? <laughs> right? So we're like that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember. Pray, yeah, okay. Uh, there's another thing. 
is a heart thing. There's something else about agreement that registers in heaven. For where two or three gather my name, there am I with them. Thank you, God. We have more than two or three here. Here we are together, binding and loosing even today. Hebrews 4.16 says we can come boldly to a throne of grace. Aren't you glad we can come boldly to a throne of grace? Oh, God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Oh, I just love to be able to come boldly to a throne of grace. I know sometimes when trouble is prolonged, when difficulty is prolonged, and we've been through a difficult season, sometimes we just stop coming boldly. You know, and I just think it's important that not only do you need to come to a throne of grace, but come boldly, march in there with prayer partners, with your friends, and ask God for the result that we need. I tell you, it's in the invisible world, but haven't you figured it out yet? This crazy stuff that's happening to our nation right now, it is not physical. It is spiritual. It is spiritual all the way. It is so spiritual, it, 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 it's, it's beyond anything we have ever seen before. We are seeing the open manifestation of demonic power in our face, not hidden anymore, in your face, politically, saying with a straight face some of the craziest things you've ever heard be said before in your life. And where is it coming from? It's coming certainly from misguided individuals, but it's coming from the pit of hell. So I think we need to be bold enough to recognize that, right? So it's so important that we understand this warfare that we're fighting. And oh my goodness, we are right in the center of this as believers. We are right in the center of it, you know. It's not just our protests or this or that hourly. It's the inner life. It's the inner agreement. It's what we're doing in our everyday decisions, decisions that we're making to stand up for God in the marketplace, decisions that we're making in our prayer closet, agreeing with and coming to church and agreeing together and, and agreeing on things and celebrating a God. It makes a difference. It shakes the heavens. They don't want us. The devil and hell does not want us. They can't be too uh, dramatic about it now, right? Because it wouldn't be politically correct. But if they had their way, they would eliminate the church. They would shut it down forever, and there would be no church. They would be their own church. They'd make their own laws. They'd go back to Mount Sinai and rewrite the, the Ten Commandments. Did I see that in the news or what? Someone's going. That must have been a nasty rumor or something. Something about them going to Mount Sinai. <laughs> did, I, did, I see, did anybody else see that in the news? Somebody's going to go up to Mount Sinai and try to rewrite the law. I'll tell you, that's a little voice. And most of the world say, oh, how ridiculous. <laughs> it's not ridiculous. That's coming in from lower level demons trying to get to higher level demons, trying to impose its demonic will till before we know it, in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, we're all really worshiping Satan. I'm sorry to be that clear, but this is the war that we're in right now. It's more manifest now than ever before. But the thing is, okay, so fine. But the thing is that worries me about us and about the church right now is I don't want you to be so impressed with the enemy. I want you to be impressed with God's alternative. Yeah. I want you to be, I mean, it's so, people love to gravitate to good news. It's fancy even. It's, it's like kind of invigorating. But I want us to be invigorated about what we can do in the positive direction. It's not as fancy, but it's more effective. It will cause things to change. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing me in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Have you know when a person gets saved, they change <coughs> affiliations. And they begin to think and look a different way, right? So this question is not only about prayer, but it's about making disciples as being the church. It's about being the salt and the earth, salt and the light of the earth. Roman numeral three. God wants to reveal great and unsearchable plans. 
And I love this Jeremiah 33 passage. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you greater and unsearchable things you do not know. I believe this is the hour and the day for the Lord to show us greater and unsearchable things. Okay, so I think it's wisdom about what's really evil, who's really up to what, who's two-faced, who's lying to us. That's one thing. But can we just also remember these great and unsearchable things we do not know? When he was going to talk about that, it didn't eliminate the exile they were going to. But he was saying is, listen, I have something. It's the never less word just a couple of verses later. I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people. I'll let them enjoy abundant peace. He, you're headed this way. I want you to keep your eyes on it. I want you to keep focused. You're gonna, this is where you need to go. I want you to pray for it. Look for it. I want to reveal great and unsearchable plans for you. I believe in this time of pressure and difficulty, I believe some of the greatest plans that have ever been revealed about your life are about to come forth. You're about to experience the greatest ministry, the greatest anointing you've ever had in your life. And not just prayer warriors, and not just prophetic people, but all kinds of people. I've never seen a time when godly businessmen are more important in our culture right now. By the way, for all kinds of things, can I just explain to you that your money, even that you just give a little of, causes thousands of people to be saved in a whole other part of the world because there's a, a factors that are spiritual factors that aren't in the United States where the harvest has gotten so ripe we just breathe on it and things, uh, whole multitudes are waiting to respond to Jesus Christ. And governments are opening their doors for all kinds of uh, 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 mercy ministries and helps because they're so desperate and their people are starving to death. The door is wide open for us. So in the realm of business, I just want to tell you, you make money. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be ashamed of it. You need to succeed in the marketplace. You need to succeed. There are enemies that do not want you to succeed because they understand the dark side, understands the power of wealth. But we can turn wealth and use it for so much good. And all this stuff, we have a wide open door to our culture. If there's one thing our culture will listen to, it's taking care of the weak and the lonely and the broken. Because all of us share that problem. Mental illness, poverty, all, all of us share the, the street issues and all the things the government issues. We all, whatever the party you're in, understand that. So it's a place where we can have common ground. But it's also, a, we do it better. The government doesn't know how to do this. They're throwing money everywhere. We know millions of dollars going everywhere, right? And we get all irritated. We throw stones at them. Well, at least they're trying. So you may have another perspective on how to handle this. Well, I'd like to know what you think. Because once you start doing this with the poor and the weak and the desperate, it's a little bit more difficult than you think. And actually, both parties have their own versions of trying to help. But nobody has the truth exactly. It's just a, a pattern that only God can show. That's why it's a unique opportunity for the church like never before to actually let our light shine. Because they will, everyone will respect in this time learning how to deal with mental illness, learning how to deal with brokenness. If we can do that as a church, our light will shine. Our stock will go up even in the eyes of the enemy, right? Because nobody at this present time knows how to handle it. They act like they know. They throw money at all kinds of crazy things and have the stupidest ideas you could imagine. But listen, we need a wisdom from heaven and our ideas aren't that much better yet. We're still learning. It's just that we have as a church to be willing to learn how to do this. And it's going to cost a lot of wasted money. We're going to waste a lot of things. But over time, we're going to get better. I can feel even our own church, we're, we're, we're getting better at it. So there's an opportunity in the Lord, right? And we call to God and He says, to ask of me, and I'll show you great and unsearchable things. Unsearchable literally means to cut off, make it inaccessible, and close. It refers to inaccessible secrets and mysteries. 
So I'm going to show you great and unsearchable plans, mysteries. There's mysteries now in our culture. Why do we have the, the mental illness? Why do we have the issues that we have today? It's a mystery. Everybody will say it. If they're honest, nobody really knows exactly how to deal with it. So in this uncertain time, what a great time for us to insert into this. And it's going to cost money. It's going to cost volunteering. It's going to cause lots of prayer. There's all kinds of wisdom. But I'm asking for, for Joseph's wisdom in this time. And I believe God will give it. And you know what? Whoever gets Joseph's wisdom in this time will shine like a star in the entire political universe. Because everybody agrees we have a really big problem. And nobody, even the people that act like they know, <clears throat> there's just one party that wants to throw more money at it than the other. But they don't know how to do it any better than the other. Nobody knows what to do. It's chaos. That's why you got people living on the streets and all kinds of things that we've never had before. It's chaos. Whichever way you throw money and how you turn, nobody knows how to do it. But we as a church, if we'll jump into it, be generous, and step into this battle, we can find greater unsearchable things that haven't been revealed to now. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. We are those kings, and we are searching out. So we cannot pull away from the culture. We need to step right into the culture at its weakest spots and be God's heroes and receive the anointing and the wisdom and the Joseph-like wisdom like Egypt needed at the time, and a Jeremiah-like vision that Babylon needed. That's what God's bringing. That's what He's offering. He's offering that to you business people. He's offering it to pastors and leaders. But listen, not just to spiritual people, but people that have been deeply involved with the world and have been managers and administrators and strategic positions in business. Your time has now come. Joseph, arise. This is your hour now. This is your hour now more than anything else. Everybody knows that our politics is driven by money. We understand that. That's why the people that are the craziest, dumbest people in the world get so much traction. They just have some money and they get their ideas out. It's crazy. So just start with there and just work our way backwards. And all the maladies and problems, I'm telling you, God is raising up our leadership at a level that we've never seen before. He is promoting, promoting, promoting. You take a glance at the world's problems. You take a glance at what's on his heart. You business people, you watch and see what he does to your own finances. You watch and see what happens. Because God is in this right now. And he's looking for people who stand up, take a chance, and be wise. He's looking for the people that ultimately came from this Jeremiah the prophet. Daniels and all the rest that we see in church history, right? Wow. So look at C. I'm doing okay time-wise, I think. Okay. See, I'm already down to C. Look at that. I only spent like an hour or more, and I'm done. That's great. All right. So let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11, a couple other verses. I get all riled up speaking with this. Listen to this. I love this scripture. Listen to this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So in the midst of this great tragedy that Israel is about to experience, he's telling them, look, I know it looks bad, but my plans I have, they're good, and they're plans to prosper. Can I just say that over all of you today? I know the plans. This is God speaking. I know the plans. This scripture rumps right out. For every family, every household, my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. My plans are to give you hope and a future. When you call on me, he says, look, then you'll call on me. So you're a part of these plans coming toward you. When you call on me, come and pray to me, and I will, seek, I will listen to you. Could I just tell you from the bottom of my heart, if you don't pray, you're just stupid. 
I'm sorry. No. No, I mean, and when we call a prayer meeting, why would you not come? Because two are better or two or three agree about that. You know that promise. You could recite that since you were in Sunday school. Then why don't you do it? Why wouldn't I call a prayer meeting? You know, I, I have like a, uh, a tenth of the men show up. Why would that be in a time like this? Because we don't really believe it. You will seek me and find me. I will listen to you. I will be found by you. And will bring you back from captivity. He's saying, look, I know you're about to go into captivity. Look, whatever you do, seek me with all your heart. Fine. I, come and pray to me. Come and ask. That's the time. I'll be found. I'll be found. I, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you. All this stuff that's happened. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. But, but you're going to... I have plans here, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. So take those plans and pray them back to me. I'm already willing, but I need to hear you say it. He says, then you'll call me and pray me. It's the mystery of prayer. I don't know why God needs us for to say it. Could I just sort of, God, you know my mind, you know. No, He wants to say it with your mouth. Lord, I need this. Lord, change that. Lord, that's not right. Remove that person from office. Bring that person in. Lord, prosper me. Help me with this business venture. Tell me this way, that way. What do I do now? Prosper me. The wind is for you, not against you. The devil is against you. The culture is against you. But God is for you. And the last time I checked, he's bigger. Right? So for heaven's sake, why don't we just so... So this thing is set in the midst of a disaster. It reminds me of our time. Where it's a disaster that Israel could feel coming on it. But God said, look, I've got some things here you need to know. I'm for you. And one of those things is this prayer life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that they might have life. And what? Oh, that just means like kind of a super, like, you know, I know those people. You know, they have this, their idea of abundant life. Abundantly, come on. There's a common definition. Everybody knows what abundant life is. I mean, it's not just a person that prays and is poor and can't even pay their bills. No, everything. And it's not a, money that, a person that just has a bunch of money, but they can't get along with their wife or their family is going every which way and addicted to drugs and screwed up and, or, or their body is not healthy. That's, that's not abundant. They're sick or they're ill or whatever. That's not abundant, Right? I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. You can pray for that. You can ask for that. You can seek that. And in this time, God's looking for abundant people, people that are doing well. He's looking for healthy people because there's a whole lot of unhealthy people out there. And they need us. They need every one of us. I don't care if your health's impaired. I don't care if you can't get out very well. I don't care. You can do something. Ask God what you can do in His army, His military today. What, is, what, what can you do? What can pardon? If you can pray, that's not a minor thing. You pray. And you intercede. Maybe pray for the other people to encourage you and ask for very specific things. Whether it's for the elections or for this or that. Wow. The good, accessible, revealed plans God has for us. God's will is to, this is the number one under C, is to, divine, is to reveal the divine purpose for your life. That's an amazing one. God intends for us to overcome the works of Satan. That's amazing. I mean, Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 24. Look what he says there. Any kingdom divided itself, oops, sorry, got the wrong one. That's true too. Luke 10, verse 17. <laughs> the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Okay, so that's just for like those like few people. Is that supposed to be carried on? I, how many you know there's a little few demons in our culture right now? We've got a few problems. He said, 
Lord, he said, you know what? You guys went out, and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Did you know that heaven would love to see Satan fall like lightning? They would like to see some people that are going out, risking, ministering, calling on the name of the Lord, praying, helping the poor, helping the weak, sowing good ideas, being creative in the culture, solving problems. And he would love to, I, God would know, love nothing less than say, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus is full of joy. This is what makes God happy, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. I volunteer for children's duty, Lord, in your kingdom. I volunteer. It just has to be simple. Walk with God. Believe God, right? God reveals wisdom for every situation. Oh, my goodness. Promises of wisdom. This is a thing that I pray all the time for now. I may not know how to do something, but that will not keep me away from solving, especially if it's a need in our culture. We just got to learn how to take our lumps, how to listen to God, and how to go, okay, sorry, God, I messed up with that one. That's what we do at the warehouse. A lot of things around here, even with political issues and things, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this, though. I've never been this way. I don't know how, to, how I'm supposed to do this. So, Lord, just show me a step at a time. Just give me wisdom for every situation. What I want to do is I want to walk in wisdom. I don't want to walk in stupidity. I don't want to be a reactionary. I want to react. I want to react only under the gunk of heaven and I want to just know there's a proper time and purpose for everything you said so help me to find it and I believe there's wisdom in this day like we've never had before I believe in this congregation this room right now some of the smartest people that ever walked the earth are going to emerge you know why because we're already getting smarter by the day I tell you there's things that we used to do that were just dumb and now we're learning. I'm telling you, God, because we're stepping out, because we're part of this uh, looking higher, expect more crowd, right? That's what we are. And so we're learning about every area. Looking at whatever, whatever, you just take an area. Divorce. We're learning. Learning how to heal, how to touch, how to, how to pray for the sick, how to help. I'm so proud of the way we pray for people and to get well mentally and emotionally right now and, and the steps, the manual steps we're taking. All of this is part of the glory of looking higher and expecting more. And I'll tell you what, there's no area that is so great right now than mental illness and, and mental weakness. Oh my gosh. And we're right on the cutting edge and we're learning how to do that. And the more we do it, for you that are called, keep going, keep going, keep going, because this is part of the great unsearchable plans God has for this hour at this moment. It's not. It's an opportunity like never before. Like never before. I'm so proud of the celebrate recovery thing that we do on Friday night and all the other things that are in the manual thing. We're learning. We're growing in it. We're learning how to heal on the inside. God's giving us the keys. When everybody else is pan uh, panicking or freaking or going the wrong direction, all we got to say, no, wait a minute. God has something here. What do we do? God, how do you want to solve this problem, right? Oh, my it gives wisdom for every situation. In these last days, God is increasingly bringing strategies and power to the church to disciple the nations. God freely gives revelation of overwhelming love for you. Oh, my goodness. Don't miss it. Ephesians 3, 17 to 21. We talk about the Father's love constantly. If you ever got the Father's love, if you ever received affection from God, if you ever open to receiving affection from God, now would be the time. Because it's only that affection that will keep your mind on straight, keep your mind on track, and keep you thinking properly relationally to your crazy relatives and your friends and the crazy world that you live in. You need to be that hug, receive that hug from the Father. We talk about it constantly because it works. God wants to hug you, root you, tell you how much He loves you, so you don't panic, so you don't freak out, so you don't roll with your head cut off like everybody else is. Even the church is doing that. They're doing some of the strangest things. 
pardon me while I keep my head on straight when you tell me that I can't meet anymore or you tell me these things that I go look on your own CDC report and I see that you actually uh, saw that what I'm saying is true but you decided to bury it for a couple of years because some politician in the White House or wherever decided that they needed to manipulate a little bit more. I'm sorry. Those things are obvious. They're well, they're, they're, well, they're, they're easy to see. But the only way you can see truth is you've got to be rooted in love. And if you start panicking and freaking and you do anything out of spirit of fear, what you're going to be is you're going to be like everybody else. So whatever you do, we have to manage fear. Fear comes in some strange ways. Fear comes that it doesn't look like fear. Some of the prophecies that are being emanated out of the general body of Christ are coming right out of a spirit of fear. You've got to be careful about that. They're panicking. They're freaking out. Right? I just needed to come from a place of stability, love, confidence. You can tell the difference. You can tell the difference between those that are adding to the problem and those that are genuinely giving good wisdom and solid answers from heaven. And I believe me, believe me, the air is so panicky right now in the church. For some people, it's very hard to tell the difference. But hopefully, by God's grace, we'll understand true prophetic words, true prophetic activity, true things God's doing, right? That doesn't come from selfishness or fear or roots that are wrong, right? God gives power to heal the brokenhearted just as Jesus did. Oh, there's power for broken hearts now, never before. Direct healing for your heart like never before. Oh my, I, I've been watching this happen. I'm just so excited about it, even with the homeless right now. We rebuild devastated cities and we receive a double portion. God gives us power to move mountains. You know the mountain moving scripture, but I'll finish on Isaiah 61. Let's all stand up. Isaiah 61. Here's our marching orders. I think I know what we're supposed to do next, too. And if I could have the musicians come just for a little while and get ready, please, I appreciate it. Okay. So Isaiah 61, this is all about us. This is us. This is our this is this is the outline. This is the blueprint for our life in this time and age. I, I have in your outline Isaiah 61, 47, but I'm going to read these verses, okay? This is something that Jesus quoted about himself, but by extension, this would be the true, what's true of the body of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is, Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, Jesus said, you know, that's me, but also it's his disciples, his followers. He has sent me, sent you, sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. That's one of our first things that we do. Jesus could have been as political as... It was so... Here's the king of the universe, right? <laughs> under control, under heaven's orders, letting himself be abused by authority, right? I'm not saying we're supposed to do that. I'm just saying that's what he had to do. That was his assignment at that moment, right? He wasn't supposed to exert the authority, political authority that he had at the moment. And I'm not saying that's true about us. But we have to have the wisdom and make sure heaven's doing it, right, at the same time. And we can get heaven's notice on that. It's not too complicated. It's not too complicated. What complicates politics and your involvement is your fear. That's what complicates it. When you get so afraid and so worried and so unstable, you can't think straight, uh, then we get a problem. Because then what happens is fear becomes infectious, and pretty soon we're all, the church is one big fear ball and afraid, and, and, and then they attach Christian uh, labels and scripture, scriptures to it, and pretty soon all it is is it has a root of fear with scripture labels on it, and then we all get confused, right? I believe God's calling forth in this day the most courageous people. The only people that can be truly courageous is those that are motivated by the Spirit of God. Everybody else is an imposture. imposter. 
So I believe that God's bringing forth the bravest people we could imagine in this hour, right? Because he sent us to bind up the broken heart, to bring him freedom for the captives, true freedom, whatever arena that's in. Release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I declare, Lord, this is not the year of your disfavor. I declare this is the year of your favor. It's been the year of your favor ever since Jesus came. So, Lord, I declare that today. And also it's a day of vengeance of our God. You will deal with your enemies. You will deal with them. Lord, I just thank you for that. We can be, we can be uh, assured of that. And it's a day to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow... Okay, look at that. And to provide... This is the day we're in. To provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We, they, will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will, we will rebuild the ancient ruins, the homeless situations, and all the rest of it, the ruins of our government, the ruins of, of, of political thought, the ruins of everything that's been messed up and screwed up, the ruins of health, all of it. We will, that church will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will restore the places long devastated. We will renew the ruined cities. That's our job. We don't just look and say, oh my gosh, look at downtown Los Angeles, look at downtown Santa, how did that ever happen? And then we start blaming and railing on the political authorities. They don't know what to do, but we do. Instead of railing on them, why don't we say, you know what, I think I'll be a part of that answer. They will renew, that's what we do, the government of God. We renew the ruined cities that have been devastated now for generations. My, my, these passages so real and so powerful. Then he says this promise, strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work out your fields of vengeance, a sign of prosperity in the midst of all of this. We're going to prosper. We're going to do well. And you'll be called priests of the Lord. Everybody will know that we're a priest of the Lord. Everybody will know, oh, that's those people. They're priests. They're, they're the church. And that's what they'll do. You, you can get a straight answer from them. They'll help you. You'll be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations. Oh my gosh, do you understand the kind of opportunity God's saying here? This isn't just all about giving. You cannot outgive God in these areas. Give and it should be given to you. There's more wealth that's about to be poured into the church and to church business than ever before, ever before. I assure you, I assure you, you will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. We're going to be like Rabbah, take from the wealthy, take from the wicked wealthy and become wealthy in another way toward others. Instead of your shame, you'll receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you'll rejoice in your heirs, and you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Oh, my gosh, Lord, I cry out to you for the double portion on our people. I cry double portion in our family life, in our marriages, double portion in the inner peace on the inside, a double portion in our uh, everything that we do, Lord. I pray a double portion. This is a time not for less, not for more. This is a time for us to push out in every direction and receive more. This is not a time to retreat. It's a time to invade. This is the season. Look higher and expect more. God gives us power, evidently, according to Scripture, to move mountains. To move mountains. Lord, I just thank you for the mountain movers that I can feel in this room and at this time and this hour that we're in right now. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Oh, he's just like me. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? God's going to put us in charge of the weather, too? Golly, that's amazing. 
It can happen. That's what it says. Elijah controlled the weather. It was for a purpose, right? All these stories are not fairy tales. They're not from long ago to read as a history thing. They are to apply. If not now, then never. Now more than ever, this book and all the pastors, the people in it, the politicians and the business people and everyone in it, the preachers and the prophets, this is the time for us now. It's all that's in there. Every story that's positive and good for humanity and good for God, that's us. And all of you have a variety of gifts, and you do varieties of things, and you're working at different points on the wall, but all of you have an anointing. All of you have a calling. And all of you can think straight. All of you have the spirit of wisdom on you to understand and evaluate the times properly. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus right now over our own county, I pray, God, you put godly people in place. I pray, God, you bring godly people. I pray, Lord, wherever there's a chance, we're a godly candidate, whether in the, in the United States, whether it's the Senate or the House, I pray that you would tip it in their favor. I pray there would be movement at the end right toward this election of godly people. You just suddenly move. I pray the entire world be, 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 would, be, would be shocked at what happens because you move these godly people. Even nobody's from nowhere. You put them in office, but they're godly. They got your heart. That's all they need for now. They'll get the wisdom too because they're smart, because they're walking with you, Lord. I pray that. We pray it over our own county and our own area, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray you give us wisdom to properly evaluate. How do I act in these times? How do I act toward our fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters that maybe aren't on the same page as we are? I pray you give us wisdom how to respond to them. I pray that love would be our first goal. and You just show us how to relate to all things and all men, all people in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. This is Veterans Day. What a great day it is. We're all veterans, Lord, in your army. But we have a special sensitivity in our heart toward the wars that have gone on, toward 9-11, all the things that we've experienced as a country. God, we just appreciate so much this land. God bless America. God bless the soldiers and the people that have paid such a heavy price for our country. This God, good experiment, our early framers knew it was God's great experiment on the earth. Abraham Lincoln knew when he prayed and cried out, he knew it was God's experiment. He knew that what was at stake with regard to all the slavery issues and all the thing was the elimination or the continuation of this great experiment that godly men put in place way back in the 1600s as they began to arrive here to now. Lord, we just line up with all our godly forefathers that founded this nation, that had a different vision of freedom and grace. We line up with them. We pray, God, that vision that they had that was sacrificed through so many wars, Lord, through the centuries, Lord, fighting for this idea, protecting our land. God bless America. Protect our borders. Protect our land. Cover it. Raise up people to pray for it. Protect our soldiers. Protect our politicians. From Joe Biden all down, Lord, I pray you give them wisdom for how to act toward our enemies and our adversaries. How to respond when we pray for the wisdom of God on this Veterans Day over all of us and over our nation. In Jesus' name. All right, so if you'd like to come up in the front and just be prayed for, or just pray for a while, feel free to do that. And for you that see a person coming up, maybe to pray, maybe uh, you could just uh, have some of our ministry team here to pray for you. So we've been taking uh, talking some really high and mighty things here, but it might be as simple as somebody came in sick and needs to get well today, or somebody needs a word from heaven. So if I could have some of our ministry team to come up, and maybe you just feel like praying extra. Maybe you had a veteran or someone that died, or maybe you just need a little encouragement in your heart to be strong, okay? So we're going to do worship, and if you'd like to be prayed for, just come up to the front. Just stand here, or you could just, uh, and, and, and maybe somebody will come up and just pray next to you, and if you want to just be alone, just tell my brother be alone, but in Jesus' name.
God bless you all.